Welcome to Disruption Now. As always, if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit the like button. Please subscribe. If you're listening to us via podcast online, if you're listening to us in iTunes, if you're listening to us in Google Play, however you may be listening to us, please subscribe. Please write a review. That's how more people can learn about Disruption Now. And that's how we can spread the message. We can make sure that we are doing all we can to inspire collective action, consciousness, and challenging stereotypes. That's what we want to do on Disruption Now. But we can only do that if more people learn about us. So we hope you will do that. You can also sign up for email, disruptionnow at gmail.com, or you can just go to our website, disruptionnow.com. We would love for you to learn more about us, learn about the live events we have coming up, where you can find us, where you can learn about what's happening next with uh, Disruption Now. Uh, today is Juneteenth, the day we celebrate the end of slavery. We're going to talk about that more. But first, I want you to listen to Mitch McConnell's a view on reparation and then hear the other side from Tottenham Coates. I don't think reparations for something that happened 150 years ago for whom none of us currently living are responsible is a good idea. We've you know, tried to deal with our original sin of slavery by fighting a civil war, by passing uh, landmark civil rights legislation. Uh, we've elected an African-American president. For a century after the Civil War, black people were subjected to a relentless campaign of terror. A campaign that extended well into the lifetime of Majority Leader McConnell. We grant that Mr. McConnell was not alive for Appomattox, but he was alive for the electrocution of George Stinney. He was alive for the blinding of Isaac Woodward. So look, um, you know, Amisha, this is this is just this is just interesting to, just to have this conversation. First of all, I think people need to know about Juneteenth, what it is. You know, the Emancipation Proclamation is what most people think was the end of slavery. All that was was actually a proclamation by President Lincoln uh, to those who were in enemy territory, who were who were who were in the who were in the southern states who rebelled against the Union to say to those to those slaves that you are free. So it was not the end of slavery. Then there was Memorial Day. Uh, many folks don't know that African Americans actually started the tradition of Memorial Day in celebration of the soldiers who died during the Civil War. That was African Americans that started that, and now it's gone on to become. Memorial Day, which we never actually talk about how we got to how we got to Memorial Day. That's neither here nor there. So then we had the 13th Amendment, which was supposed to end slavery. But a lot of people didn't get the news. So Juneteenth was when the news finally reached all the way in the corners of Texas, because apparently Texas is the last place news comes in America. So that's what happened. And that, you know, so that's when that's when slavery, the end of slavery was actually celebrated. And it's kind of one of those days that is it's the real Independence Day for African-Americans. It's the day that we felt slavery ended. But of course, we know it didn't totally end. It evolved. So here we are uh, many, many, many years later. And we are now talking about uh, slavery and, and we're talking about reparations, a conversation that's come up many, many, many times over. And, you know, as we, uh, as you heard earlier, Mitch McConnell pretty much said that he doesn't believe in reparations because that's something that happened 150 years ago and no one's around to deal with that original sin of America, which is obviously the answer to, is always the answer to why we don't have reparations. I think it's interesting because I think that's actually changing the conversation. One, two, we have given reparations to a lot of groups in this country, but not African-Americans who have suffered the most in this country in terms of who's had the most injustice done against them uh, by their government. I don't think anybody actually questions that as African-Americans. What's your take? Um, absolutely. I think that we, we've definitely given reparations to other places. We, we gave reparations to the Jews um, long after the Holocaust, even though that didn't happen on our soil and we weren't the aggressors. 
So I, I, I do think there's something to be said about the, the conversation around the distance between slavery and today. Also, the fact that even when slavery ended, we still had um, that very long period of reconstruction where African-Americans were still stripped of several. Right. Things. Jim Crow. And we still see us having problems with trying to um, trying to mend today. In addition to um, a lot of the and we have to be frank about this, the amount of home ownership, the amount of land ownership, um, just the, the progress to move forward and build for future generations was something that we were not allowed to do. And when we think about that in the context of reparations, it makes sense. Because it doesn't matter if you become a doctor, lawyer, superstar, athlete, musician, whatever today, when it comes to family wealth, black people do not have it. And by and large, that is because of the result of slavery. Yep. Slavery that and then all of its manifestations of racism, Jim Crow, everything else. So when you when you think about how it actually evolved, that's one point. But Mitch McConnell's point, he's trying to make out to people that don't really pay attention to this. He's like, well, this happened a long time ago. And why should we give people something that they're not deserving of? It's not you're, you're not actually recognizing that, you know, Obama getting elected has nothing to do with reparations. I'm glad Barack Obama was elected. It makes me proud. Trust me, I, I was it was one of the happiest days I can remember for any election. I, I remember where I was. I was very I was proud. I was proud that America got to that point. But I don't see how that equates to reparation. That just means that the playing field is a little more even than it was 50 years ago. But if you want to, you want to make that the comparison, we're talking about what it was 50 or 100 years ago. That's a really, really, really low bar if that's what we're talking about. So that's all that and means. Also, and, and even with that, I mean, um, I, I think that there there are very few minorities who weren't excited to have our first African-American Absolutely president. Absolutely not. But beyond that, he was the he was also the president who entered the office with the most debt. And I think that we have to take that into consideration as well. If he had been someone who came from a background like many people do, um, who are non-African-American in this country, who are able to help them to pay for college, who are able to help them to pay for grad school, who are able to help them to get that first home, he would have not entered the White House with the burden that he had. Correct. We also have to think about those things in context as well. And just because you're a successful black person today does not eradicate the fact that our people have been um, devalued, have been systemically locked out of a lot of career opportunities, as well as housing, as well as health care. And these other things that um, even though slavery ended, we saw these institutions built and designed to make sure that black people were kept in a position that was lesser than their white counterparts. And actually, James talked about this point, too. It's it's. They want to use it to distract. Look, Obama getting elected did nothing to advance the collective experience for African-Americans, except it did help, I think, provide inspiration about what was possible. But it, that, did not, that didn't make us a... I remember when people were talking that nonsense, that we've become a post-racial society. Does anybody still believe that with who the, who the present occupant of the White House is, who openly embraces white nationalism? Like, we didn't. There was actually... There was actually a backlash like we haven't seen towards the president. There's always some backlash, but this backlash was one we hadn't seen before. So I actually think the election of Barack Obama showed the opposite. It showed that, uh, you know, racism is a persistent thing that's hard to that's hard to get rid of. And we found new ways to evolve uh, and find new, and we found new ways to oppress people. So it's not like we've had this whole set of period where things have been completely equal. Then we had, as you said, housing. We've had redlining that was done. And I think Ta-Nehisi Coates said about $4 billion was lost to black communities. So I'm not really sure where Mitch McConnell is. He, he's just talking about slavery as if that's a one-off and there was no Jim Crow. There was none of these other things that happened. I mean, I don't know where he's at in history. 
he looks at this like because in, in other countries and in other instances, his theory makes sense because we have seen reparations go to other areas that had a much shorter, um, a much shorter history of human rights atrocities where it was a blip in history. And then there was a restart and people were able to economically evolve and be fine. I don't think that the understanding is, or at least he isn't acknowledging the fact that it wasn't just slavery. Yes, slavery happened here for a very long time. And we have to be honest about that. African-Americans have been in this country by and large longer than most white Americans today. Um, but beyond that, there also has, has to be an understanding that even after slavery ended, there were so many institutional barriers that were created legally by the states to make sure that African-Americans were not able to get ahead. And many of those we're still fighting today. So I think that when you think about it in that context, while he's trying to shape it around the reparations, I think that he's seen in other places and how it has worked and how people have progressed. Um, that is not the case here. And it's not the case here because America didn't stop at slavery. America didn't stop enslaving blacks at the end of slavery. America expected and forced African-Americans to remain at a certain level by systemically disenfranchising them at every level they could think of of progress. And I think that, you know, in when we think about it that way, it starts to make more sense. Oh, I completely agree. Not only that, so if you if you take post-1965 and you assume we're all equal there, you really only had about 15 years where you tried to have corrective measures. They weren't, it wasn't, it wasn't reparations. When you talk about affirmative action, when you talk about giving minority businesses an opportunity. That was that was swiftly ended. It only took about 15 years. Everybody's like, nope, that's enough. We're all good. We, 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 we've done everything we need to. And there was actually a fight against that. And people still have the argument that, oh, well, you know, affirmative action is wrong and we shouldn't do affirmative action uh, because it's, it's reverse discrimination, which I hate that term uh, because it doesn't have historical context. But um, when you think about all of that, reparations, I would rather have reparations and I would rather have, and, and honestly, I, I see reparations as this. Do I ever think they're going to pass and give reparations? No. But what I would like is actually things to be equal. Let's actually have a fair criminal justice system. Let's throw out all these discriminatory laws, and let's give people an opportunity to have a good education, and let's, ha let's, let, let's let them have real opportunities and have housing in their community. We get that. I'm cool with everything else. Uh, but I don't know. That's what I think. I, I, I agree in part. Um, I, 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 I don't I've never advocated for people to just willy nilly get a check. I don't think that that's helpful. What I do advocate for is a reforming of a lot of our systems that have led to um, a lot of the a lot of the issues in the black community, particularly when it comes to our financial systems, our banking, our schools, making sure that we are able to achieve a level playing field. But in addition to that, I would also say that home ownership is extremely important. And even if we leveled all of those systems today, we would have a very large um, gap between blacks who own homes and whites who own homes. And I think that there has to be something available that allows for us to um, be able to pass that down. Because as much as that is the American dream, it is an American dream that has, that has been kept and that has been kept away from black people for far too long. McConnell said he's talking about like it's 150 years ago. No one alive is responsible for what happened. So we should just move on because Barack Obama was elected and you all should be very happy about that. Yeah, I mean, and that that really just <laughs> that shows the kind of point of view that he brings to it. You know, the kind of point of view that he's not interested in fairness. He's interested in either pleasing a certain segment of people, a certain group of people or basically pandering to the the, the concept that 
hey, black folks, you're here now. And so there's no need to look back, which when you're the beneficiary of, of injustice, that's a great way to approach it. You know, if if you steal something from somebody and then a bunch of time passes and then you say, you know what, it's been so long. You know, I just don't know why we're still talking about this. Let's just forget about it. Then, you know, you understand why somebody comes about it, comes or looks at it from that point of view. The Barack Obama thing is irrelevant. You know, you and I, Rob, talked about this offline. It was a shiny object for him to point to. Yeah, yeah, it was something that would get people, you know, attention and get their blood boiling, the people who he's really talking to. Because there was never a promise in reparations that, hey, you know, one day we'll elect someone who is of African descent to president. That wasn't, you know, what (laughs) reparations were about. You know, and so now, hey, now we fulfilled this promise that we would someday elect some guy who was, you know, of African descent. Reparations was about compensation. Now, I'm not one who is out banging the drum for reparations myself personally, but I do recognize that a promise was made and now people are coming up with all these types of ways to not fulfill the promise. And if you if you make a promise and then don't fulfill it, you shouldn't use your failure to fulfill the promise as reason to not fulfill the promise. And and it's not, like, it's not like we haven't done it either. We've talked about other groups have been compensated for wrongs in this country. One, two, we have compensated the United States of America, compensated slave owners for their loss of slaves, but not the actual slaves. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's something that none of it is in good faith, basically. You know, like the, the, the thought that reparations were coming, I think, was Pollyannish at the time when they said it. But they did say it. And see, Mitch McConnell doesn't just represent himself in this sense. The, the United States Senate is an institution. That institution is much bigger than Mitch McConnell. So when he speaks, it's not about saying, oh, well, you know, no, none of the people alive were or the alive now were the people who this promise was made to or the people who suffered the injustice, um, which is, you know, from the standpoint of reparations in particular, maybe a, a point to make. But in terms of injustice and, and being uh, really sat on by the country, that wouldn't be the case at all. But forget all that. Mitch McConnell is standing as a majority leader in the Senate. And as a senator, the Senate was a part of the the organization, the body that was supposed to deliver these reparations. So what he's basically saying is that I personally am not part of this. And so we're just not going to do it when, again, he, he is not acting or he shouldn't be acting from his personal purview there. You know, Mitch McConnell himself was isn't old enough to have owned slaves, but slavery was an institution in this country. Mitch McConnell wasn't a signatory on the Declaration of Independence either, but he's still participating in the system of government and he's not a signatory of the Constitution. You know, but, there, so, but there's plenty of people that are alive, though, during the time of discrimination in, in the 1960s and the 1950s when all the bombings in the happened. 1990s, in the 1990s. In the 1990s, yeah. Central Five. I mean, we could go or, there. Or two years ago, <laughs> we saw the church bombing. Like, it, it's, it's a problem that he made that argument but beyond that it's it's even more problematic because um we have country after country who has given reparations to people who are the descendants of those harmed it is not a new approach to give reparations post the time that those who actually endured that crisis would are still are, are have passed on like that has happened in country after country so Correct. to even make that point is questionable well no the, the, his, the whole point is questionable though like he's not trying to make a a well thought out bulletproof argument he's trying to throw red meat to people who don't want to hear about reparations yeah, exactly he's trying to give them something to say to people it's called the southern strategy when these conversations happen when these conversations happen at the dinner tables or in chat rooms 
all of the, the people who want to believe something just need something to be able to say. Yep. Or if they're talking to their friends and they're challenged on this, they want to have something that they can say back to them. And everybody's not going to be as well versed in the history of it. So like, I need to say as Barack or, Obama got elected, why are these people complaining? This, <laughs> this bill in and of itself, and the part that's also frustrating, is that this bill basically is not a bill that would quantify reparations at all. So I think that, you know, even him making that argument is out of context of what the bill actually does. The bill doesn't say, well, this is how much every descendant of slaves is going to get in the United States. That's not what it does at all. It's more investigative into what it would look like. Like, how does it actually make this happen? It's like- But he's not trying to win an argument. You know, he's not trying to win an argument. He's trying to give, he's only talking to people who want to to put the reparations issue behind them and not have to hear about it from coworkers or from at Thanksgiving dinner tables or whatever. They don't want to hear about it anymore. And so those people- need anytime you take stances that are are either nonsensical or are are disingenuous and people want to buy into those stances you have to come up with reasons to give them just to, yep. they don't have to pass the smell test it's very easy to convince to, to for people to accept information that confirms what it is that they want to believe anyway you know they have their confirmation bias as a part of that but it goes into even more of that so if you give someone, if, if somebody wants to believe something, you can tell them something that doesn't make any sense and they'll buy it. And if you tell them something that makes all the sense in the world or show them something that makes all the sense in the world, they'll still reject it. So he's not trying to persuade anyone with this. He's, he's just trying to motivate trying, his base. Yeah, to give the I, people who want to believe something to say. Something to be fair, to, to, I would argue that that's happening on both sides in terms of the base motivation, because when Democrats had control of the House and the Senate throughout history, they have not been able to uh, or have not really pushed reparations either. It is a sexy term right now. It is one that a lot of people because, yeah, um, on point. the socialist side have jumped on. But it's not something that has always been a, um, a, a genuine um, a genuine approach by Democrats either. It is no, something that is true. sexy in the 2020 election cycle with a large number of minority voters. Well, why do you think that is? Why do you think that it's such a it's such a topic du jour right now? And there's so many people that are getting on board that. Um, and I ask this seriously, like, because I wonder that as well, like from the standpoint, I, I can't imagine a society where, or a, a, a scenario, excuse me, where the United States, um, Gives reparations to, do. to yeah. descendants of slaves. I just can't. I can't. I can't either. I can't either. I, can't either. I, would, I, would I think part of it's the uptick in what we're seeing in these police brutality cases. I think that it's also looking at the massive amount of um, student loan debt that a lot of African Americans have in reference to Caucasian Americans. I think it's seeing the seeing it put in numbers because we haven't done that historically, where you would see on on a regular basis what it actually looks like, what home ownership is for them versus what it's for you. There are infographics everywhere. It's all over Netflix. Like you have to be under a rock to not know it. I think it's one thing to suspect that it's happening. It's another for you to have a strong understanding and have literal coalitions around it. So I think that now folks have a base of understanding that they might not have had before and they've developed a a message around it. So you think it's fact driven? No, I think it's driven by who the president of the United States is right now in the current environment. I think you see you see folks saying we have a president that is openly embracing white nationalism. He was on TV the other day when um, he was asked about the uh, the Fighting Five, you know, the Central Five, uh, and about his role in calling for the death penalty. And of course, he didn't apologize. And he said the same argument that he made for justifying the neo-Nazis in Charlottesville, where there are people on both sides of this issue, and they admitted to it. Right. And you have, to, you, have to, you have the prosecutor saying that, you know, well, she was just doing her job. And so... Because people ask Obama about reparations as well when he was running. Right. And, um, it didn't get as much of a news blip as what we're seeing right now. Right, because people are more fired up because people are 
are seeing that you have a president that is openly, openly embracing white nationalism and talking about it in a way that we have never seen a president do. Even presidents that hinted at things. You know, you had past presidents, you had past right-wing presidents that would kind of give a wink and a nod to it, but they wouldn't say, hey, here we are, I'm a nationalist. They wouldn't, they would, or they wouldn't, they would clearly reject Nazism. We have a president that hasn't done that. So you, I think you have a radical response on the other side too. I don't, maybe we don't call it radical, but you have a, for every action, there's a reaction. This is the human reaction to saying, okay, we want to make sure that people that say that they're representing us, in this case, it's Democrats. It used to be Republicans a long time ago, but right now it's Democrats for African-Americans to say, what are you doing about this issue? And I just think people are more fired up. They want to see if we can have, we can go this far on the other side. How far can we push on this side? That's what I think is going interesting, on. Interesting, interesting. I actually think, um, I, I think less of everyone than you guys do. Um, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that people are looking at the facts and saying, oh, wow, there's really something here. You know, we should look at it. I don't think that uh, this is a reaction to the push on a made like the push of mainstream right right wing politics is really what you're saying. Where like there's always been the fringe there, the right wing, but now the mainstream <laughs> It's more of a we need a we need the black vote. So I think exactly yeah, I just yeah, think, yeah. so I you think, think it's just a play on us. I just I think well <laughs> I just think the fact that people so many people are co-signing on it right now, um just I'm suspicious of it. Like you I think be. that it is something to kind of show that you are woke is to yeah. say, yeah, I support this. You know, I support this. But I don't really hear people talking about how it would work in the way that it would, to, to, I mean, really getting down to the nuts and bolts, not just of how you would do it, but how you would get something like that passed and how you would get something like that, like to build support behind it. Um, and so I, I, I look at it, I'm just more suspect of it. Um, I think that well, there I are people, too, I, I think really, I think there are a large number of people in this country and I think there are many states, like the majority, the, 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 a, a controlling supermajority in many states, people would rather light money on fire than to pay <laughs> reparations. I'm serious. I'm serious. I think they would literally- You're probably right. Like, they just, they're, yeah, blow up their own house, light their own money on fire. Like, no, you cannot, you cannot do that. You but, have the option. And I'd say even, I'd go even further. I'd say that there are, there are a good number of people that would rather take $2 to everyone and light it on fire and say, look, we'll do $100 million in reparations or we'll burn $200 million. And I, I think they would rather burn $200 million. Like racial people, like how would you be able to tell and who should be able to get in, who shouldn't? I think that, you know, people go down a rabbit hole with it too. Those are really do. difficult questions though. And so like, how, how do you decide who gets it and what percentage, you know, if your, if your lineage has been diluted, you know, do you get only a certain percent of what it would be at a certain point? Then you have families. And then as it grows out, like, are they gonna, at the end of the day, is everybody get five bucks? You know, like it, it's again, I, I just, because no, all it, 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 those are real questions, but the, but you of course no one cares about those. I think I think your 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 first point was right. I just wanted this. This is what I would like. You know, we can just stop. We could be. We can have actually a fair criminal justice system, and we can make sure that we actually give people an opportunity. We can give some some uh, access to capital, and we can actually have fair housing policies. A lot of this would be. Uh, a lot of this, I would be okay with. Nothing would be perfect, but it would be better than we are now. Uh, so I would at well, least. See, I would. I would add education to that. Education as well. I agree. Well, see, that's and that's actually the move to me. You know, like now I, I and look doable. at this. People well, see, but here's the too. thing. But well, doable. No, 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 but doable. This is what scale. you do. This is why I like the conversation, even though, like I said, I'm I'm looking at the whole thing like, yeah, right. You know, like, like yeah, but I love the conversation. Let's have the conversation. Let's talk about it. Um, let's not get into the weeds on how we would actually deal with it. But let's just talk about it. And, you know, people can say, yeah, yeah, I'm down for the cause. You know, I'm, I'm with it. And then let's 
then talk about all those other things that I think actually will, will greatly improve the quality of people's lives, but that won't generate the same visceral reaction. And I think you get a better shot at getting those things out of leadership if you start talking about the reparations, correct. You got to start. You get, you don't start where you want to end in the conversation, which <laughs> correct, is what Democrats and so, tend to do. You know, I'm looking at it like a settlement negotiation yeah. and saying, okay, well, let's just let's let's ask for reparations. You know, like you guys are on record saying that. that you know, when I say you guys again, I'm talking about the institutions of the of the, of the country are on the record saying that we're entitled to this. So let's let's talk about this. Let's let's see who's on who's down and let's see if we can get some votes on this. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. look, we have the votes, but if you will just work with us on the criminal justice system. And they're like, let's, let's just try to set up a system where people are treated fairly, or let's, let's, let's work with us on education. Let's set up a system where, you know, people can have a shot of, of advancing themselves and, and increasing their knowledge, increasing their readiness for adulthood, <clears throat> excuse me, and for technology, technological economy. Let's talk about those things, which those are a, a rising tide type of things. Those, those type of things will lift all boats anyway. We should be doing that anyway, but it's hard to get people to, to really look at that stuff seriously. So I, I like it from that standpoint. And in addition, when, you know, one final thing, and I want to close on this, we also need to have a real recognition of what happened in this country, the brutality of it. It needs to be exposed. It needs to be in front of everybody. And, and people really, really need to experience. We have to have a real education, everybody across this country, on the institution of not only slavery, Jim Crow, and all of its after effects, and what it did to this country, and what it still does in terms of our psyche, in terms of our makeup. I think having an honest assessment like they do in Germany with the Holocaust, because for America, it's that serious. Or that we do in America with the Holocaust. Yeah, or we do in America with the Holocaust. You know, we need to have that view on slavery and race in this country. I actually believe doing that will go I think that will go further than having reparations, doing it in a real way, in a, in a way that actually people that touches people and makes them understand the humanity of what happened to people and the brutality of what happened to people. Because what we do now is we just try to skip past it. You know, well, we had civil rights. Dr. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream and everybody came together. That's not what happened. Right. But that that is what you're taught in school almost. Right. You're like you just hit there fast forward. We're all together, right? And we know that's not the facts of today, and we know that's not reality. So I want to have a I want to have a basis uh, of of reality. I want to have a real education in this country that goes through the pain and the suffering that actually happened, and people need to see it and not avoid it. You know, when we talked about when they see us, there are people. You know, we had we know we we know people that didn't want to see it that were African Americans. Many people didn't want to watch that. I really didn't want to watch watch it, but I watched it because I wanted to see the suffering. Because if I don't see it, it allows me to be blind to the injustices that are going on. Even though I'm African American, because I'm privileged. You know, if if you're white, you definitely don't have to look at that. But having people understand and having to see what people go through have went through and the trauma that was left over from that, I believe is the only way to move people's hearts and minds, which is the only way that we're going to move forward in this country. We have to do you think that's possible. I, I, I do mean, think it's possible. I ask that in honesty because no, I, like, I think it's, ignorance is bliss. We know this. I don't want to say that's not possible. There was a time when people thought that massive criminal justice reform wasn't possible, but we saw it take hold in sure. states. And I think that, you know, Trump gets a lot of credit for it, but he literally took a page from several states. Um, if there was reparation light bills that passed at the state level, where we saw some of these structural things get rolled back, I think that it would give more at the federal level in terms of um, sure. cover to push it. We're just not seeing it happen at any yeah. level. So we'll to, to expect it to come out of the White House or come out of Congress first, I think no. it's just ridiculous because to be frank, none of our major um, reforms have. Like they, that has not been their first stop shop. It is literally no. their last in the majority of cases. 
No, which is the, the truth about civil rights, everything else in this country. It's, a, it's well, always... But there's a piece about the reparations that is um, particularly uh, inflammatory. And, and this is why I quite, I, I'm of the people who don't believe that it would happen in realistic, like realistically, although I think it should. Um, you know, I, I think it is akin to a, it's a promise, you know, and I think it's an akin to and, and I don't use this lightly, this this analogy lightly. But, you know, a, a battering spouse promising his battered spouse that he won't do it, do it again. You know, like it's just a promise that it's just like if you've if your eyes are open, you you just don't see it. But what I was going to say, though, is that the the issue, though, for reparations to happen, there has to be some type of an acknowledgement that there was wrong, like substantial exactly. wrong. Yeah, yeah. And that I think is the <laughs> hardest thing for people. People don't care. People aren't getting, aren't writing the checks themselves. They don't care if somebody gets a check written to them, but the acknowledgement that, Hey, you, the institutions of this nations have done this group of people really wrong. We're fine doing that for other people, you know, particularly if somebody else did the wrong, but we did, you know, like, but for doing it, for for African Americans, you know, like for Black folks, it's something. I just, that's the part that I don't know that enough people could could really come to grips with. We, we still have a, we still have in the in the test for to be a citizen. We offer multiple options for the reason for the Civil War. There weren't multiple reasons. It was slavery. It's not hard, right? We don't. So we have to just come to a basic account of what happened in this country. We still have states that have the Confederate flag to the losers who were trying to preserve slavery. We have not insurrectionists. Yes, insurrectionists. Correct. So I do think it's possible. I think we have to keep pushing. And so to your point, that's why I like this conversation about reparations. Not so much because I think reparations is happening. I really don't. I think there's I think there's zero chance of that happening. Should happen. I want to say that was clearly should happen. But I, I, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a pragmatic progressive. I know how this I know how this country works. <laughs> and I do think we can use this opportunity to push for things like this and push for other policies. But I think this is critically important for us to teach real history every chance we can because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. Stay woke if you want to stay free. I'm Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. And I'm Amisha Cross. And we'll see you next time.